Some conversations are unconventional. Some sometimes seem so conventional. But you're welcome. And for the next 58 minutes, we'll be talking technology on this particular network, 97.3 City FM. This is your number one leading technology conversation on Ghana Radio. Today, we have a lot coming your way. Stick around and let's enjoy together. Welcome to City Trends on 97.3 City FM. This is the number one conversation covering everything technology on Ghana Radio. Today we have a very intriguing discussion coming up as well as some interesting revelations as well. Today we're talking about the economy that surrounds the gaming industry in Africa and we'll hopefully um, sort of bring it down to the Ghana experience as well. I have some two very interesting personalities in the studio to have this discussion with. One of them is a Guinness Book of Records holder for gaming. In case you didn't know that there was something like that. Well, there is. And he is in the studio with me. He'll be joining us for this conversation. And as well, we have another individual who is local, very Ghanaian, um, but he he is international in his in his outlook. Um, he's a creative director of Enter Africa, and the very first one um, is Isaiah Trifos Johnson, F CEO and co-founder of Empire Arcadia. These two gentlemen will be joining me for a conversation about the economics of Africa's gaming industry. It plans to be a great one. I do hope you stick around to enjoy it. We also have the app segment and the training segment of the show to bring you as well. Really exciting times. Um, as you already know, um, last week we had the Ghana Gaming Conference um, and it was the MTN Gaming Conference. It was a pretty good one. And it just shows you just how big a deal the gaming industry is, especially when you consider how much money is being made worldwide when it comes to gaming. But before we get into the details of our conversations for today, why don't we get into the how-to segment with Jeffrey Rukusapu. And today, he's looking at printers and what you should know um, before you go out there to purchase a printer. So let's hear him out. Hello and welcome to the how-to segment on CT Trends. This evening, we are looking at some of the things you should consider when getting a new printer. For many small businesses, printers all look the same. However, choosing the printer can be a decision that leads to frustration, unneeded expenses and hampered productivity. 
the first thing you should think of is whether to use an inkjet or laser printer. Toners and ink cartridges can vary in budgets, so choose one that suits you best. Also, how many functions do you want your printer to handle? Some companies are happy with a printer and a photocopier, while others want an all-in-one printer to scan, fax, print and photocopy. Go through what your office usually does and decide what you want. Think about the quality of images that the printer can push out. It would be a shame if you need high quality images but only have a lesser quality printer. Think about the speed of the printer you will get. The more the volume of paper you need to print, the faster your printer should be. If not, you will spend too much time printing a little work. Depending on the kind of paper you want to use, you will have to purchase specific printers. Someone who wants to print on cardstock and photo paper will need a different printer from someone who wants to print on regular blank paper. Finally, your office side should determine the type of printer you buy. If your office is pretty much you on the go with a laptop, you might want to get a portable printer. Has your computer developed a problem you don't understand? Is your phone refusing to respond? Is there a computer virus you're battling with? Are you having problems signing into your account? Share your tech problems with City Trends and we will get the experts to help you solve them. Send us your problems via WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. You can also send us a tweet using the hashtag CityTrends. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. Now, as most of you know, the online, the world of gaming generally is both, it cuts across both economic and creative lines. Uh, everybody who has been gaming since forever understands that initially it starts out as a fun activity, but you soon get to realize the sort of ecosystem that you're working in is not necessarily just for the fun, but the people make some pretty good money of the work that they do. Whether it is the people who are doing the animation, the visual effects, the sounds that come with the games, for example, it's, it's a lot of serious business and people need to understand how serious the business is. 
Now, according to reports, the gaming industry or gaming generally generated more than 100 billion euros worldwide in 2018. According to some reports, it's going to go as high as 300 billion by 2025. Now, when you think about what the future of work is and how people are making incredible amounts of money and creating jobs for God knows how many people, it just tells you the potential that gaming has. That brings me to where we are as Ghana within the gaming conversation. Where exactly are we is the question. And what sort of impact are we looking to have or to make such that not just the rest of the world noticing, but we're actually going to empower people and empower people who need to be empowered to make impact across the globe. That is the essence of today's conversation. And that is why I want us to focus today on the economics that supports the gaming industry or should support the gaming industry in Africa. I have two persons in the studio with me today. One of them holds the Guinness World Record with Tetris Ultimate. And Triforce has been engaged with pushing forward in the evolving esports industry. Now, he retired from professional gaming in 2015 in Jamaica via Cyberbox Esports League to focus on the management of his esports team, Empire Arcadia, as he continues to work with multiple companies and prominent leaders in the esports industry. Triforce Johnson, Isaiah, you're welcome to the studio. Hey, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And um, I hope we have a very meaningful and forward conversation on this because it's very important. It's critical. Yes. Oh, that's actually, critical. that's a better word, critical. <laughs> yeah, I agree, 100%. My second guest has been doing a lot of traveling in the last couple of weeks, speaking at too many conferences for his own liking. But most importantly, has been putting Ghana on the map when it comes to gaming. He's an entrepreneur and a creative polymath with a strong appetite for exploring non-conventional initiatives that challenges the status quo. He has five years in business development, marketing, and filmmaking, having co-founded an esports broadcasting venture, Gamer TV, and also directed and produced short films within that realm. He's also a game designer and a creative director as well as a well-acclaimed location-based game chronicles of Klinu, which explores Afrofuturism and the future of the environment. Prince Andrew Adefio is my guest. Prince, you're welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, gentlemen, let's start off the conversation from where I believe a lot of people will be wondering. Do we have a gaming industry, first of all, in Africa to start things off? Of course, 100%. Actually, it's larger than you think, larger than I thought. Um, you know, I knew Africa already had footprints um, in gaming and in esports, uh, whether it's in Nigeria, whether it's Kenya, whether it's entire, um, uh, the entire, the west um, of Africa, going all the way to the north. There, um, and obviously there's one in South Africa, well, which is one of the biggest. But um, Africa as a whole, as a continent, has a huge presence in gaming. The problem is in terms of ownership, mm. leadership, mm. Africa is greatly suffering in. Uh, in terms of what we can contribute as consumers, we have that. 
um, definitely, and which what is which is what makes Africa such a very um, important market. Um, like uh, China, I, I think I mentioned this at the MTN conference where we uh, met you at, that um, China nationalized their gaming industry. They came in last, and now they're literally first <laughs> because mm -hmm. they said, we're going to focus this for Chinese, no, by Chinese, for Chinese. And they still, they don't make it exclusive. It's inclusive. They, are, they actually invite the world into the Chinese gaming market, into the Chinese esports market, but they protect the national interests of their Chinese uh, market. And there's, a, there's two other countries or two other ethnic groups that can do the very same thing, mm. India and Africa, mm. because these are the three regions of the uh, world. These are the three main countries, or, well, Africa's a continent, but you get the point I'm trying to say, that have a billion plus people. Mm. So in terms of, um, you know, the, our, do we have anything in gaming? Of course we do. We have the consumers. The consumers, you cannot have an industry without consumers. So the first thing you do is you build an infrastructure. Once you build an infrastructure and you have that foundation, then you can build businesses on the, that infrastructure. And then you just find your target demographic, which is a consumer base, and you sell to. Mm -hmm. That consumer base is what maintains the stability of your actual market and your infrastructure. So that's why China is so powerful. They have 1.4 billion to market to, and they don't need the one point. You never really get the real 100%. But 10% of 1.4 billion is a lot. <laughs> That's Fine. ridiculous. Yeah. But if you look at the potential of Africa, not just on a continent, let's talk about Pan-Africa. Mm. So you have 1.3 billion on a continent, but you have another 2 billion worldwide. Mm. That puts Africa, potentially, because Africa still has to do the work to get it, but it puts Africa potentially in the forefront. When you, when you see the gaming industry in Africa, how would you define it? Apart from the people who represent mm -hmm. various countries at gaming conferences or probably um, at some tournaments or something like that, do we have the infrastructure to call it an industry in the first place? Well, uh, that's a, that's a, there's a yes and a no to that. Mm -hmm. um, because if you compare it to the other leaders in the video game industry and the esports industry, then not really. Um, there are registered esports associations throughout Africa, but they're not in the predominantly black areas of Africa mm -hmm. that have the structure set up, South Africa being one of them. They have a great esports industry, but when you look at most of the South African players, they don't reflect you, got, you or I, which mm -hmm. is my entire point of like the, the national interest. The ethnic makeup of what it is isn't really us. Mm -hmm. It's in Africa, yes, but we're kind of like excluded. And not because South Africa excludes us, because there is no infrastructure for the people, the majority of the people who are dark-skinned in Africa to get into esports. They either don't have the computers, they don't have the Wi-Fi, they don't have the cell phones, they don't have the consoles, whatever it is, that, that technological gap bars them from getting involved. Mm. So it does exist there, but on a continental level, it doesn't. It mm. still needs a lot of um, time to develop, and it still needs... Um, the companies to get involved, which mm. is what I mentioned at the MTN co gaming conference. Mm. We have all the tools, we have all the resources. It's just whether or not they're going to get involved. Mm. So, in terms of esports, like in Ghana, in my um, experience being here, the largest esports organization in Ghana is Geeks um, Game City, which right. is GGC. Right. And, China, yeah. yeah, and they work literally with Kwesi TV. Mm. That's to me, that's absurd. Mm. That doesn't exist in America. 
So when I came here, you know, I'm under the impression, you know, you're from the West, you come over here, nothing's really there, everything is like 30 years behind, and then they have a sports center FIFA finals. It's like all they're missing is the din and in, din and in with the rolling cameras. That's all they're <laughs> That's missing. It. And right. I was like, wait a minute, time out. And I'm like, what's going on here? Mm. Like, really? So I met the guy Yuba. I sat down, I've been speaking to him. I've been working with him for like the last eight months now um, since I was here in Ghana. And he just needs corporate support, media, um, technological resources, and corporate support. If they surrounded him and then, um, him along with the Ghana Esports Association and the many different um, esports groups and communities out there were all to surround him. There goes your foundation. There goes your infrastructure, and it can just blow up from there. And it's it, he doesn't. He's not looking at it like most, um, you know, uh, esports scenes, which just focus on the okay FIFA, Fortnite, League of Legends. Hmm. Mortal Kombat. I think Ghana is more of FIFA. Right <laughs> well, actually, and um, FIFA is black people's League of Legends. <laughs> you go to Jamaica, FIFA. You go to Caribbean's FIFA. Any country in Africa, FIFA. It's right. just FIFA. So FIFA is like black people's League of Legends. Mm. It, that, that's really like our main game. Mm. And, so, and when FIFA, well, actually, the FIFA organization, the real one, no, not the video game one, they're already involved. When they decide to go global, it's a wrap. They're going to be the largest um, esports organization in the world, yeah. by far, hands right. down. But um, the if if we were to surround the components um, in Ghana with the resources that they need, less than a year by the end of this year, infrastructure is up. Mm. It's you have to understand the community and the consumer base have been waiting there. There's a consumer base that's literally been sitting there for 15 to 20 years waiting. I remember speaking to a guy at the Access Summit. Um, his name is Kwabina. He, he runs um, the um, virtual union. And he was like, um, when I first met him, he was like, Triforce. He's like, oh, I'm glad to see you here in Africa. And I'm like, you know me? And he's like, when you and your team used to represent Africa at the World Fighting Game Championships because our team was predominantly black mm. and everyone know in, in America knows that you know, Triforce is always represented Africa and they're like yeah but like you live in America and I'm like I know I live here but I'm African but your parents are Jamaican I know they are Jamaican born there raised in the US but I am African mm. Chinese people come to America and have children their children are not American they're Chinese that live in America. And if you go, well, you're Chinese-American, they go, yeah, yeah, well, I'm Chinese. They, they, they embrace their heritage. Mm. But black people, I'm not African. I wasn't born there. I'm American. Mm. And you're like, oh, like Jay-Z said, okay. <laughs> That's all you can say about yeah. that. So, but I didn't want to go off on a tangent. Going back to Africa, we've been here for 15 to 20 years. The big corporation, the telecommunication companies, the technology agencies, and the media companies just are not aware. Um, there have been a lot of gatekeepers in the companies. I don't want to like, I don't want to throw no one under the bus, but I don't blame MTN because I know our corporate infrastructures work. The guy at the very top doesn't know what's going down on the street. Mm. 
That's why they have marketing managers and those people and the R&D teams. And a lot of these guys in, throughout the entire community of Ghana, I'm sure this applies for you as well. You've written so many letters, so many emails, so many business plans, roadmaps, and you send it to them, and guess where they go? Uh, this, yeah, this look good. I'll get back to you. It never gets past them. So it never gets to R&D. R&D never gets that information to compare it to what's happening in the rest of the world to see what Ghana, potential. the potential Ghana has. So it doesn't go anywhere. It just sits there over and over and over and over again. Prince, you, you operate basically from Ghana. Yeah. So more of like an insider okay. perspective. What, what, what is your perspective of what, of what we have and the potential thereof? Yeah, I actually like the fact that you use the word potential because mm. for me, I'm starting um, in Ghana, creating an esports uh, company with my friend Elom. Um, it's, it's after we started that we realized that this was what was happening. Mm. We were trying to create the ecosystem in our own small way. Mm. And when we started, we were trying to link tra um, create a connection between all the various um, partners, the developers, uh, media and all that. We realized that it was a Herculean tax. Like mm. It was something that was way beyond us. Mm. That's when we saw that like there's literally no industry. People are just doing things that are scattered, like a cottage industry and here and there and notwithstanding um there's uh, even even if there's no industry in africa there's also no representation elsewhere internationally mm. and this is what i found out when i was in, in cologne mm. uh, we had a stand that was to showcase african games and one guy came was like yo i'm really happy you guys are here because mm. the last time an african team came was like two years ago mm. and they are they are i can say they are like bored of um what the the european you know themes always mythical creatures um Nordic um, stories. They 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 are they are begging. They're for looking it. for something exactly something that is a different. Viable alternative. Something yeah. that is different, like from African culture and, and you know African representation. And mm. we did, and we did that in our own small way. Right. We had games that were representing you know African culture with um, our symbols, with our storylines. And we had one small game which was Voyagers, which basically an, an an African prince protecting um, a, a, an African um, wi um, wizard, yeah, protecting an African prince, mm. and he has to use his powers to repel, uh, you know, monsters. And mm. someone literally played it for two hours, <laughs> and it's a simple game. Right. And you actually had to beg him to stand up from the seat for another person <laughs> to try it. Right. It was like, yo, I like, I like this game, and mm. we're willing to take it to different um, levels and different platforms. And back to um, the organization that I work with is Inter Africa. It operates across 15 African countries, and we created um, use game thinking, immersive um, experiences to mm. create location-based games. We also created one mega game, which is actually a board game. And it was surprising to take a board game to Gamescom because even small developers were ha like had, had been able to make computer games, and we were having a board game where people mm. have to sit to mm, play mm. and when people come to um, such events time is of the essence they need right. to try one game after the other they need to go to the entertainment area to try stuff and they sat down to play the game because you ha you have a, a card that represents a kingdom mm. for maybe like rwanda and you have the powers and you were playing for like such a long time and one pe and people also wanted to collaborate right so my my, my um all, the, all, all what this is saying is that there's no industry yet mm. but there is a the potential right i mean we have like 1.3 billion people and strong um, network coverage and also 500 million potential players so if we are able to you know within ourselves make that conscious effort mm. to create something that represents us i believe it will go far. What, what what would it what what will be the base of that how how do we how do we begin to have that real conversation so for example i meet prince and i want to get this thing going i know you guys have been mm. at it for so long what would be the building blocks that i need to put in place to 
to go like once i get these building blocks in place we basically can build on that to get to where we want to get to well okay now have you guys heard of a game called orion it's by cairo games Mm. And from, from Cameroon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so everyone should know about that game because I was on CNN. It was all over the place, mm. right? You know how many companies like that exist in the continent? There's, there are many companies, many people making many games in Africa. The, we have a responsibility on this airwave right now. This moment right now is so pivotal, um, pivotal for Africa. You must understand we have to give out the right an actual factual information about what's going on because mm. if we do not all we're doing is discouraging other people there are people listening right now so when they hear there's no industry no one's making any video games you know how many people throughout africa who are making games it's like that's not true why is he saying that stop him don't let him say that they're th these are small companies that are making video games they just do not have the support you can have an industry that has no support but just because it doesn't have so no support doesn't mean there isn't an industry mm. kenya makes games nigeria makes games cameroon makes games there are game developers here in ghana there are game developers all over the continent of africa they just do not have any support so it's more accurate to say we have a we have a rising industry that mm. lacks support than to say we have no industry mm. Uh, well, I mean, because you see, my challenge is mm -hmm. there are definitely some building blocks that need to be put in place before yeah. you can describe anything as an industry. Yeah, you can have persons or institutions trying to do things in little, little different pockets. Yeah, but when it is not coordinated, you really can't call it an industry, can you? Depends. Um, how, you can call it a large industry. You can have a small industry. There are there are people who are networking the building of their games into small communities. Mm. But just because it's small doesn't mean it isn't. Mm. It, when you do that, what happens is then you say, well, if there's no large industry, then there is no industry. Mm. So now people are making games. Well, well, then this guy's not collaborating with me. That country's not helping me. I'm not getting these resources. So what's the point? And then they step back. It, in no, because e the reason why mm. I ask is within an industry, you're going to have graphic artists. You're going to have sound engineers. You're going to have the people who are in charge of visuals, mm -hmm. visual effects. You're going to have all these different components coming together. Yeah. To So when, for example, the kid in Tema says, I want to be a game developer, they automatically understand that within the, the bigger picture is we have all these little parts interconnected to be able to gets basically a game out so for example prince decides to do a game yeah my first guess is where is he going to market it exactly how is he going to get the the graphic artist do we have for example and prince i mean you can you can weigh in on this like yeah. you you live here i can actually Literally. share some perspectives right. with the game that i created mm -hmm. um, i for instance i'm like a creative director i'm able to bring out the vision of what i want to make happen mm -hmm. and i bring together people to make that happen right. and within our team we had like programmers you had graphic designers Mm. So that was more or less our own small industry. Yeah. But after we created our game, uh, it was a location-based game. That means you had to have people try it out at the location. Yeah. And it was kind of a little bit difficult to get people to try it out, like to take time off their daily you know, Schedule. uh, schedules and right. come and try the game. Yeah. Mm. But we still made it happen. We still right. made it work. We had to you know, make some, you know, take out a GPS aspect for people to try it from their, the convenience of their homes. Mm. But notwithstanding, 
when I say like there is no industry yet, it is a budding industry, it is a developing industry, mm. and there is no shortage of creative people in Africa. But I, I believe that what, 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 what is lacking is like an ecosystem for them to contribute effectively. But the interconnection, especially. Okay, watch it. So, Ghana is having a tech summit at the end of this year, right? Yeah. right? I'll be oh. there. Okay, you'll be there, right? Yeah. Speaking of games as well. Okay. Now, you had asked a question, when you make a game, where do you take it? Is this the first tech summit of Ghana ever? No. Okay. You think this Ghana is the only one doing tech summits on the whole continent? No. no. So there was, there is a place for gamers to go take their games. Mm. The problem here is that there is no support to have their games pushed elsewhere. If not, that's why I, I mentioned Orion the game. How did Orion get their game out from Cameroon? Who, who did they go to to market the game? How did they get the game out? They had people, first of all, uh, people don't even know this, that I, when I saw the game online, I contacted Orion, and at the time, I was in the United States, and I said, I want to help you market the game on social media. Mm. And they said, okay, Triforce, uh, thank you, we appreciate the support. And I supported them from all the way in the West. There are far more um, able people with better resources here on the continent that could have done what I did for them. But... The question is, who do they go to? Mm. It, it's not that it doesn't exist. We just don't know who. It's, it's ignorance. This is what it is. It's ignorance. So when you ask that question, do we have um, a stable industry or, or a viable um, infrastructure where we, these games can um, be done? Yes, we do. We just don't know. And the reason why is because no one is doing There are thousands of princes out there. They just all don't connect together. They don't know. They don't, know, they don't know each other's information. I don't understand why. We have Google, you know, GTS. You can just Google it and you'll find out people. We have tech summits out of all. You have GamesCon. We have all these things, but there's no support. When MTN said, MTN Gaming Conference, Conference. boom, everyone appeared. So it's like, oh, so if you build it, they will come. Yeah, um, it's also kind of a little bit of two sides. Because when you look at like the global market as well for premium games, uh, it will surprise you. And it's very interesting and a little bit um, sad to know that Africa represents like one percent of the sales. So that is also puts two ways to think. Like if you're in Africa, if you're making the games, who is your like target audience? Right. Is it for Africans or is it for those who are outside? Right. And I think for starters, for looking at the market, they have a, predom a predominantly bigger market. So if you're making games. I would say that from my perspective that you should make games that represent African culture right. and then you sell it out there. Because if it goes out there, one, it's evident that definitely people from Africa will then start to appreciate it mm. more. Mm. So that is also another idea and another perspective to that's, look at. That's an interesting yeah. take on that, especially, and, and I don't know, I mean, from both of you, I just want to know, like, when you travel around mm -hmm. and you interact with African game developers, like, what is the sense that you get from them do they feel that, like, what's the narrative that you typically get in terms of what sort of games they're developing? What sort of um, languages are they developing along? Like, story, I, I, story. Th like the storylines. Story. Like, Th that, that is the word, I mean, story. If, if, you, if you meet anybody in the street right now and you ask them what kind of game you play, you're most likely going to get, like you said, you know, your FIFA's, your Mortal Kombat. Those are the games that would typically be bouncing back at you. What kind of games are we developing on the continent, even before we started shipping it across to the globe? We are developing our story in games, like every other gaming industry. When they make video games, they make 
they take their culture, their, their society, and they digitize it into a game so you can learn about their people. And 10 years ago, no. 10 years ago, some of the few developers I knew in Africa were just making games that are European-based because there's like, we ha if you want to succeed, we have to make European games. I'm like, that's like saying the Japanese are going to make American games. They don't. They make Japanese games. American makes American games. Uh, you know, Chinese make Chinese games. So Africans need to make African games. And just based off this year alone on Twitter, I follow so many different African people who are making video games. Um, and all their games are about our story. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, and But I think those games need... I don't think those games need to be marketed outside. I think we have to establish our own foundation first before we go outside. Because we can take a game, make it here, sell it there, it doesn't work and then it breaks and you can't sell it back here because you started out there. Um, another thing, going on culture and I really want to mention this. There's a game called Just Dance. You guys know about this game? Okay. Um, when I watch Just Dance as a game, I play with my wife, people are gonna laugh at me, don't laugh at me. There's a video. I'm laughing. This guy, <laughs> this guy Wayne Benjamin made a music video. I actually play da Just Dance as well. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. High school. Well, 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 <laughs> all right, good, so as, as long as I'm not alone, all right. Yeah. So, but the music in it is predominantly Western. Yeah. True. But when it comes to dancing, and I don't wanna hear this from anyone, dancing is Africa. This is the facts. Dancing is Africa, yet there's probably like one or two songs per version of Just Dance that has anything Afrocentric. Not even, it doesn't even come from Africa. It just has African features to it. Mm. How can you have a game called Just Dance that has everything in it, but it even have Japanese J-pop songs and K-pop songs yeah. and, and American and European songs, but then, oh, even Latin American songs. Mm. and. Here or two, you'll have a, 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 a Sean Paul remix from Jamaica, some reggae dance hall, a little something there, but nothing African. Mm. But when you look at the way dancing works today in society, dancing is Africa. So how is it not there? So one of the things I've been doing within the last year or two is trying to get girls in Jamaica, girls here in Ghana, to make their own Just Dance videos so that we can put it out there to Ubisoft and say, Africa, come to Africa, come to Africa's hip-hop artists, come to Af Africa's reggae artists. We have artists here that invent dances and songs. Get it into the next I game. Think, I think that, that, that can be done like if you look at it from the developer's point of view as well. It is. It's yeah. easy to do it. They, 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 trust me, it's really easy. The way the game Just is... Just the moves, the keys up, down, left, right, inside the music, and I think we can get so something is it, going. Is it, is, it, is it that we don't understand how important it is to have our own... I, for example, just dances. But I think it, it is, it is, and we do. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we, it's also dependent on skills as well right. to capacity um, to build the capacity. To build. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And all 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 this discussion is dependent on representation and story, mm -hmm. and for mm -hmm. a need to you know to be out there. Mm -hmm. And this is what is it? This this is everywhere. We created fifteen location-based games, and from Ghana, the ones that me, Matthew, and my group we created, it was representing African culture. We had our symbols. We had our fashion inside. From Congo, they had their music inside. From Cameroon, they created a game that was based solely on language. You had mm. to travel back in time and learn the language. Mm. And this is something that is 
is seen in ev almost everything that we do from comics from um, games from our small small anime uh, animations this is this is what we are calling for mm. representation and mm. to be out there mm. and by and by one way or the other we see it everywhere on social media mm. our digital artists are doing a great job and they are they are selling africa um some someone might say maybe you are kind of being black panther but <laughs> yeah that, that that is what we are doing right. yeah. but right. but see look when when you people who do that listen our love for our people is not a hatred for another we we and I'm not saying you're saying that. No, I just, that. I, I'm just putting that message out there. Us being pro-African, us want, us have wanted to be self-determined to put out our culture so we can share that with the rest of the world does not mean we don't like the rest of the world's culture because we've been consuming the rest of the world's culture for the last 500 years. So no one can ever sit here and say we don't like, you know, Western culture. We play games like God of War, Call of Duty, Fortnite, Zelda, Mario, Tetris. That's Russian, Japanese, European. Like We've been playing all those other games. But not only just Africans, but other people around the world is like... Can we try something else? Thank you. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> okay. All right, as we wrap up on the conversation, I mean, some people probably don't understand how much how much there is to be made. And not just financially, mm -hmm. but the impact globally on culture, on, on everything else. I want the two of you to, as we wrap up, give us a sense of the level of impact that African games, or Afri yeah, the African gaming industry, can have on the global scene just by us going a step beyond what we are doing today what sort of impact if if you can if you can sort of map out the level of impact african games can have on the world for someone who probably thinks hey y'all are just joking can you just give us a sense of what the level of impact could be um following pop culture and virus viral trends nowadays um i think there was something that was trending about area 51 people trying to storm area 51 mm -hmm. and they said they're going, they're going they're going to naruto run and if they do that fast enough the bullets won't touch them right. and that actually went on cnn and people mm -hmm. talking about it and that's just from like anime anime mm -hmm. you can measure the level of impact and actually they were try trying to get uh, they made a facebook post for people to come and people actually went mm -hmm. so that in essence was a kind of impact how impact can be measured mm -hmm. And we what what we are doing in our own small way, we want to see some kid maybe somewhere try to dress up like a warrior that we have created mm. and say today he's going to be this warrior for cosplay. Mm. We want them to know Africa, to feel Africa, experience Africa. Just by games. Just by games. Mm. Mm. And mm. even digital media, digital mm. art. Mm. That's what we want to do. Mm. And by and by we are doing it. Let me I want to give you uh, an example of something. The first thing, I don't want to sound like I'm advertising, but I just want people to get a, keep an eye out. We have it. to advertise. <laughs> this is true. This is true. We have to. Right. September 14th, hmm. Kwesi TV, there's going to be a three-game eSports special, right? First time ever done in Ghana, GGC, powered by GGC, right? And I went out to the West, and I got a big sponsor from the West to come and sponsor this called Color Switch. It's a... Um, a mobile game. I don't. Like Kanye? Huh? Color Switch. Yeah. yeah. The color you move. Up. Yeah. Oh, so you know about it. Oh, yeah. well, everyone. But, and the thing is, they want to come to Africa because they know it's a big mobile market and there's a huge games here and they want to help develop the scene. So I said, then help us. Support us with some of the resources. And they sponsored this slot for uh, Kwesi TV. And 
the big one of the biggest things um, that's going to come out of that event outside of their game and FIFA is the Just Dance competition because we're actually going to get you're going to see the girls that's going to come in. Well, the guys are going to dance too, but you're going to see how this translates on TV. Because I tried this in America. No, not in America, Jamaica. I literally got Just Dance on television in Jamaica, and people were like, what the? And Because, you know, dance hall, everyone's dancing in Jamaica. The the key here is this. I wanted to take a... Um, uh, this will give you an example of how the industry will, will blow up. Marvel... Cinematic Universe, or let's call it Marvel Studios, has made so many different movies. And, and let's not count Infinity War, and we're not going to count Endgame, because that's all, that's, those movies are like we're all the heroes together. So, of right. course, it's going to be popular. Remove those two games, no, two games, two mm-hmm. movies. The greatest time in Marvel history with standalone heroes, Blade, Wakanda Forever, which is Black Panda. The two times that they made two black superhero movies were the biggest moments in Marvel studio history. You know why? Let's, I don't want to bring racism into it, but let's say there's a majority of white people that are not interested in it. What we have to recognize about entertainment, technology, video games, sports, anything, Black people consume more than any ethnic group in the world. So if you make something for Africa, it doesn't matter if the Chinese don't want to buy. It doesn't matter if the Europeans don't want to buy. It doesn't matter if the Koreans don't want to buy. As long as we're interested in buying, it will prevail. And with that, we do wrap up on that conversation. I do hope that you have enjoyed this one. It's it's very clear from the submissions of my guests in the studio today that it's a very fertile ground and sometimes we just don't understand or see the potential of it. All we need to do is to believe in it, invest in it, and support it. That's the base of it. That is the base of it. And the returns will blow your mind. That's just how real the situation is. And I do hope that you were able to understand and get those basic facts from it. A big thank you to Isaiah Trifles Johnson and, of course, to um, Andrew Prince Adefio. Thank you so much for joining me in the studio. And a big thank you for um, sticking to the dream of building an African gaming industry. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Coming up next is the app segment of the show.
And so it's now time for us to hear about the app for this week that you probably have been waiting for. And Jeffrey Okusapong has that app for you. Jeffrey, take it away. Okay, so um, the app today, is it's another ride hailing app. This time, not just for your normal cars like the usual ones we have. This time, you can get um, trucks and bikes in addition to the normal cars. Okay. This one is called Masoma. Masoma. Yes. So let's listen to Alfie on what he has for us tonight. Okay. Hi there, guys. This is Alfie. I want to introduce you to my incredible solution for booking your deliveries. So we created an iOS and Android app you can download now that allows you to book a bike, a van, or even a truck. When you book a delivery on Masoma, Masoma searches through our network of over 15,000 partners and finds the nearest bike, car, or van to you. The good thing is our drivers are actually trained to read maps, so they're not going to call you about 100 times to find your location. Visit our website, masoma.me, to book your delivery or download our app now. Thank you. And so that is Masuma. Yes. Masuma. Is it Masuma, Masuma, or... Whichever one it is. Okay. How is it spelled? Basically, M-A-S-O-M-A. Okay. It's on Android and iOS. Okay. You get it. You you order whichever ride you want. Whatever you want it is you want. sit on a bike. If you want a truck, just get, get it. it. And then let's ride. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So no matter what it is you need, whether it's a yes. bike that you want to get or you will get it. Yes. Just get on the app. And M-A-S-O-M-A. Yes. Okay. It's on Android and iOS. iOS. So um please do check it out. Um let's know what your feedback is on that particular app and then let's see. Let's see how we go this one. Um it's it, it, it sounds very interesting. And I just wonder how those of you who are listening will will be able to use it, the full potential of it at least. And I'm sure if you have any questions, just send it through. We'll send it to the developers and then we'll get to get you some answers as well. Now Starting in about two days, we're going to have um, some some very interesting conversations in this country having to do with the growth of the technology space, the technology ecosystem. For the past couple of years, Mobex has become one of the biggest platforms for indigenous technology people, people who are growing all sorts of solutions across the country to come together, have conversations about the growth of the sector. Now, it's going to happen in the next couple of days, in the next two days, I believe. And it is big. But how big exactly is it? Well, in the studio with me is George Pesekwe and Alan Biaso, who are here to tell us more about what this year has to offer for Mobex, Mobex 19. Alan Spencer, you're welcome to the studio. Thank you. So, I mean, we've gone full circle and we are back to another session of mobex how many days is mobex this year and what is going to be so different about this year's mobex um thank you very much first of all let me say a very good evening to cherish listeners of ctfm and um, city trends of course um and um a very big thank you to philip yourself and the team here city for supporting mobex always supporting yeah we are very grateful um so this year mobex is um for three days um okay. it's um fifth sixth 
and seventh. Okay. So the fifth and sixth is uh, the conferences and the exhibition, and then the seventh is um, is when we have the who host the innovations award. Okay. Um, what is new? This year, movies is exciting. We are actually supposed to be celebrating the fifth year. Exactly, uh, exactly. <laughs> Over some luncheons. Uh, exactly. Yes, we we I was hoping for that. <laughs> <laughs> it will still happen. It will still happen. <laughs> so this year, um, a lot of Ghanaians have been hit by this um, banking crisis issue. Exactly. Um, we, before one way or the other, have 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 felt the the impact. The impact. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, what we decided, what we had Mobex decided to do was to look at the sector and then marry it with technology and see what the outcome mm. will be like. Mm. Um, you know, one of the SDGs is actually financial inclusion, exactly. and but that cannot happen without the um, deployment of technology and innovation. So this year's conversation at Mobex is actually focused on the financial technology mm. we're looking at the future of um, of of payment uh, no country can boast of um, being rich or being uh, um, successful without having a very solid um, financial system mm. and um, of, or, or, or a financial geography but but doing that in in in, in the current um, space also requires that look you need to you, you need to look at what others are doing and are doing it so right, right. And then uh, adapt and then probably improve or even innovate your way to to become the the, the best. So mm. this year's discussions are solely focused on financial technology. We're looking at future of payment, and I'm sure Alan will touch on the theme mm. and and which speakers. We also have a few. Because um, um, one of the things about Mobex that I really like are the exhibitions and the people and the institutions who actually exhibit as well. You yeah. know, every year there's something different. I love the gaming part, like from two years ago as well. Like every year there's something to look forward to. And I don't know, Alan, would you like to touch on, on, on some of the exhibitions that we're going to have, the exhibitors as well? Yeah, so, you know, excited that um, we had the MTN gaming thing. Yes. You know, obviously we gave birth to that. Yes. Making it global for the first exactly. time. And, you know, now. So one of our babies is full grown, and I'm ex I was excited to hear Isaac and Cole talk about it. And, yeah. you know. So this year we're having, like you was talking about, um, we're talking about e-payments, you know, and all that. Uh, the idea is to make people realize that the block and mortar, the brick and mortar banking system you see today might not necessarily be the best approach to go forward. Mm. And so we are trying to get startups who are involved in that ecosystem to start thinking out loud and mm. saying, you know what, um, I could create a bank for you on my phone, just using your SIM, you know, create a cloud banking, create opportunities for people in all sectors mm. to be able to buy games online, buy their videos online. How do we do some of these things? Mm. And so you're going to see some of the exciting, you know, uh, developments that are going to be there. Um, again, we have our Innovations Arena um, this year brought to you by Main One where we again have gone round to select a few top notch. There's always something different yeah, yeah, at yeah, yeah. the innovation We center. brought you the robotics, we brought you the gaming, we brought you the AI. There's been a, a bit of AI this year. Mm. We're also trying to get you some solar-driven printer at 3D some point and all of that, yeah. So this year, a bit of solar-driven projects, mm. um, you know, so we harness the environment and we see. so. Um, Mobex is going green, green, green all the time, right. creating the the space and and you know, 
And then there's also a lot of conferences that go with the exhibition. So exactly. you won't have the the mass, um, you know, um, exhibitions as we normally would have. We're trying to separate everything clearly. Okay. So you could walk in and after the conferences, you come, you visit the people who spoke to you. Mm. You see what they actually are, are talking about mm. on stage. And you, you, you actually see their work being exhibited. And we have people coming from across uh, the sub-region. Mm. Uh, we have all the way Mauritius, uh, Nigeria, Brazil, uh, Equatorial Guinea, you know, so Mobex is really ringing that bell with everybody and, you know, like you're aware, the numbers are increasing. Absolutely. Yes. And, and, and just, just before then, then we have the, so because of the Innovations Awards, we've given some of the nominees opportunities to showcase mm. what it is they've that they're actually doing yes, and, and the reason why they were nominated. And so there's some awesome mm. stuff. Mm. Uh, there's some awesome stuff to see. Um, one of those that interests me a lot uh, has to do with um, a legal framework where you, you have all the cases written. You know, there's the stuff there's stuff to be seen. Mm. If I come to Mobex and uh, Kempinski, 5th, 6th, 7th, from what, 8 a.m. in the morning, just pass through, enjoy yourself. The conferences start at nine, actually. Okay. But come early, visit, network, and then sit the and point. listen to what the listen. what the future of financial listen, listen. or the solutions are. Uh, what what is the theme for this year? Um, it's actually um, e-finance future of payments and banking. Okay. So it's broad, but we're looking at four thematic areas under this. So we're looking okay. at the technology, we're looking at the innovation, we're looking at security, and we're looking at regulation. Right, right. and. Um, Basically, I mean, as always, Mobex has has helped inform certain policies. I mean, not to mention uh, my own um, digitization process itself. Mm. The fact that um, today people are able to send money across interoperability, across, and, interoperability yeah. and stuff like that. Mm. What we are hoping to achieve these with with with, with this year's focus on um, fintech is is to have a proper regulatory framework for. Our financial sector mm. and how it intermarries uh, with, um, with with technology mm. where look we, we we are not just copying people well, but we are actually developing our way and and, and, and innovating our way out of our 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 our, our, our challenges and, and problems mm. and in order for us to become a shining star not just on the continent but on the globe. mind you that currently um, there's actually a debate on ongoing act in, in Europe whether they they, they when when Africa went um, Obama and people thought um, is actually we will actually come back, but yeah. they didn't know that we had actually leapfrogged. Leapfrog. Uh, today the Western the, the Western world are talking about mobile money, and mm. we believe that a lot of innovations have happened because of some of these things. And as usual, Mobex will unveil a lot of a lot of these these innovations. Just pass through, like Alan said, between fifth to seventh. And um, let me also say a very big thank you once again to City, who has been. Um, who has been there always for us, and then um, we, we we cannot do this without our Absolutely. our sponsors as usual. So mm. if you just permit me, um, we are very grateful to uh, Margins Group. Margins Group, um, main main one, um, GSTV of course, and um, I'm sure that watch will be, will be live on on GSTV, mm. GNPC, NCA, Betway, um, Goal. Um, 
Maritime Authority. Maritime, yeah, Ghana, Ghana Maritime Authority. Mm. And um, to, to the office of um, the president and the office of his of, um, of the, the vice president as well. Interesting. Interesting. Innovation Awards. Yes. So, the, so you, the excellent thing about the Innovation Awards this year is um, there's there's some specialized group of people that you're going to see being rewarded, mm. you know, because they've they've shown that this is the way to go. Um, and what's interesting also is that, and we've had people call and ask, you know, the special thing about the Mobex Innovation Awards, for instance, is that if you're com if you're competing, you can't sponsor, right? You know, right. so that's why you hear the likes of Google, GNPC, mm. you know, who are doing this to support the ecosystem. So there's a real clap to them for mm. doing this because then it's an opportunity for us to create a system that rewards real work. Uh, we need to also mention our judges, right. uh, Professor Nina Kukweno, mm. Dorothy Gordon, mm. I, Dr. Ayoko Kosa, you mm. know, these are names in the ecosystem that are well known. Yeah. And um, we just left the meeting and ran to you. So that tells you that like it's it's, <laughs> it's hot. something it's that hot. is happening it's, hot. it's, it's hot. happening it's so the fifth the sixth yes and the, and the, the seventh, seventh is the innovation kempinski kempinski yes. yeah okay and you yourself was were you were a winner last year yes i was yes, actually yes, yes, i'm yes. looking forward to hopefully we, we, we still have retaining to, we, my we need to party <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean for those of you who don't know city trends has been nominated for um, um a category um for this year's mobex innovation awards um so please do vote. Just go to um, the City Newsroom, the you website. To, you have till midnight. Yes. So please go over there and cast your vote um, before the polls or the, you know, everything closes. But um, any final words before you take leave of us, gentlemen? Um, let me just um, admonish people to go to our website, mobex.africa.org uh, or mobexinnovationsaward.com um, to register and reserve a seat. Um, make sure they participate and um, contribute as well. And we are we are also hoping to 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 not only enjoy the conference sessions, but enjoy the meal at Kempiski as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, a big thank you, guys, and um, all the best um, for the next um, three days. Um, I'm guessing it will be fantastic, like you said. So please make sure you visit the website and book your seat. Well, that will be all for today's episode of the show. I do hope you enjoy the conversations that we brought you. Um, podcast will be available tomorrow, so you can go ahead and download and take another listen. It's been a pleasure coming your way. A big thank you to Jeffrey. A big thank you to Mr. Entry as well. And um, a big thank you to you for tuning in. My name is Philip Pashon, but until next week, stay techy. Yeah.